The New York Mets have swung a trade with the Milwaukee Brewers to get Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor. I'll be breaking it all down on this special edition, Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, I am breaking down the latest trade the Mets have made with the Milwaukee Brewers to acquire Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor. Talk about the trade in the first segment, what the Mets are getting, what they're giving up. Second segment, I'll look at how the Mets roster has shaped up overall after making this deal. And then in the final segment, I took questions from our live stream on YouTube. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X, Ficklestein Ryan. I also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, it turns out the Mets can make a move before Yoshinobu Yamamoto decides where he will sign this offseason. They have made a pretty big trade with the Milwaukee Brewers to acquire Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor. This solves two needs for the Mets. They get a pitcher that can slide into their rotation or at least provide maybe that Trevor Williams type role from the 2022 season. And they get an outfielder that fills their fourth outfielder role. So it, it does solve multiple things, and it's not really a heavy cost to acquire these guys. All the Mets sent in this trade is pitching prospect Coleman Crow. Now, for those of you who don't remember who Coleman Crow is, the Mets acquired him last year in the deal that sent Eduardo Escobar to the Los Angeles Angels. So for the rest of that season for Eduardo Escobar, the Mets end up getting now Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor for this one year for both of them, Taylor will be a free agent in 2027. So you have three years of control there. Hauser is a rental, last year of control on him. And if you look at the money on this deal, that's really where the Mets are able to get these two players because they take some money off the books for the Brewers. Hauser is projected by MLB train rumors to make $5.6 million in arbitration and Taylor 1.7. So from a Brewers perspective, they clear a little over $7 million in this trade. From a Mets perspective, you answer two of your real needs this offseason. With Taylor, we'll, we'll talk about the numbers behind it a little more in a second, but you know, you're getting an outfielder that's basically going to fill the Michael A. Taylor role that you are looking at, right? The Mets were showing a lot of interest there. Michael A. Taylor in this market might be paid a lot more, will be paid a lot more than $1.7 million. And you know, who knows, he might get an eight-figure contract per year based on the lack of other options in free agency. The Mets now get a guy that does a lot of the same things. Michael A. Taylor, certainly a better player, but Tyrone Taylor is a guy that can play all three outfield spots. He graded out exceptionally well defensively last year. Uh, let me pull up those defensive numbers. It was uh, in right field. He was worth four defensive runs saved, 
two outs above average. And in center field last year, he graded out at just league average. But in 2022, he was six defensive runs saved, five outs above average. You look at the baseball savant page for him. He's in the 86th percentile in sprint speed and the 85th percentile in arm strength, 81st percentile in arm value. So defensively, he brings you an athletic guy that can play center field. He's right-handed. The Mets sort of needed another right-handed outfielder to you know deal with the fact that Starling Marte is not really necessarily a given to give you 120-plus games this year. Tyron, Tyrone Taylor provides some extra insurance there. Still have DJ Stewart out there. I could play left field. And then you got Nemo. I think Taylor is clearly the fourth outfielder, but it's a nice addition to have as far as a guy that has three years of control and can do a lot of things for you. And also the power is legit with Tyrone Taylor. It really is. Uh, his isolated power in his career is 212. That's the same mark he had last season. Uh, isolated power, that's measuring your extra base hits. For context, last year the Mets had five players who had an ISO over 200. It's Pete Alonzo, DJ Stewart, Francisco Alvarez, Francisco Lindor, and Tommy Pham. So that just shows you the power production that Taylor could bring. He hit 12 home runs in 2021, 17 home runs in 2022. That was the most playing time he ever got in a season, 120 games. And then last year it was 10 home runs. Overall offensive numbers aren't great, but still a solid add a guy that gives you right-handed power and defense, something that they were absolutely looking for in this market. But I'm sort of bearing the lead because Adrian Hauser is the more impactful ad, I believe, for the upcoming season. Last year, he pitched to a 4.12 ERA in 111 and a third innings pitched. That was over 23 games, 21 starts. He has been in a swingman role before, but has pitched more primarily out of the rotation over the last four seasons. Uh, you look at his career ERA, it's exactly at four. He had a year in 2022 where the ERA was a little bit more ballooned at 4.73. In 2021, he had a 3.22 ERA. That was the best year of his career. That was over 142 in the third innings pitched. And then you go all the way back to his first you know, full season in a rotation, actually more in the swingman role. That was 2019. He had the exact same innings pitch he did this past year, 111 in a third. He had 35 games pitched, 18 starts. So it was about split in a 372 ERA then. So it's a sinker ball pitcher, not a guy that's going to strike out a lot of guys, but just a, a guy that can eat some innings for you and, and really solve, you know, one of the toughest things that the Mets had to do this offseason, which is acquire starting pitching. All right. They got Luis Severino. Now they got Adrian Hauser. It's not a great rotation yet, but of course, everyone's waiting on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. That's going to be the move that will really uh, elevate the rotation in a lot of ways. But for essentially cashing this deal and giving up a prospect in Coleman Crow that underwent Tommy John surgery last year after the Mets got him, this really is a no-brainer for David Stearns, the New York Mets. You get two pieces that fit squarely on your active roster next season, fill a couple of needs, and you still are just in this waiting game on Yamamoto. But you know your offseason continues to move forward. They've done a good job adding a bunch of options for that bullpen. Severino and Hauser start to add some arms to that rotation. Taylor gives you the outfielder you need. It's not 
the move that inspires you that the Mets are going to make the playoffs in 2024. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit more in the next segment here. You know, how's this team really shaping up and, and how much is it still dependent on the Yamamoto edition? But it's a solid trade. I don't think you can poke holes in that. The question just is how impactful is it compared to what else they could have done on the market to fill these needs? And again, that's what we'll explore a little more in the next segment. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You got the NFL season winding down, playoffs not too far uh, in the future here. You got the college football playoffs that are coming up here and the NBA season. So the app so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options on whatever sport you're looking at. You can bet on the spread, player props, over-unders, and more. And again, remember, you win that $5 money line bet, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. If you want to play today, visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so looking at where the Mets are right now, start with the rotation. It's Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, Luis Severino. I think Adrian Hauser probably would be the four as things are presently constructed. And then you get to Tyler McGill, Joey Lucchese, Jose Budo, and all the pitching prospects. The Mets still clearly need to add at least one starting pitcher. But let's just say they are able to pull off the Yoshinobu Yamamoto acquisition. Well, then it's Yamamoto, Senga, Quintana, Severino, Hauser. That's not a bad rotation. I think if you look at Severino, you see a guy that has a ton of upside. There's a world where Luis Severino is starting a playoff game for the New York Mets, and you're thrilled about it. There's also a world where he gets hurt again or has another season like last year where he's not effective at all, and he's out of your rotation. Hauser is a guy that just brings a floor that I really like. Like I said, Severino, there's the ceiling that you love, but there's a very big question about what his floor is. The floor for Adrian Hauser is very high. He's going to pitch to a low four ERA. There is a ceiling with a guy in a contract year that maybe he outperforms that, does even better, and that would be very welcome. But again, if you're going to get a guy that can give you 100 to 100 and you know, 40 innings at a low four ERA, that's valuable. And in this market, teams are paying a premium when it comes to dollar amount to get that guy. They're paying, you know, upwards of 12, 13, 14 million dollars for just back end starting pitching. This is a back end starter. Okay. He's a former second round pick back in 2011. So he was in the Brewers, actually, he was drafted originally by the Astros, but he made his debut with the Brewers in 2015 has been in that organization for a long time. David Stern's very comfortable with him. Clearly, big guy, six foot three, 30 years old, you know, squarely in his prime. Again, he is pitching for a contract. He's going to be a free agent after next season. You might see the best version of him. And like I said, you know, if you get a Trevor Williams S season from uh, Adrian Hauser here, that's going to be extremely valuable to the New York Mets. If you remember 2022, 
you know, how, or Williams pitched in that swingman role, and he had a three-two-one ERA and eighty-nine and two-third innings pitch. He ended up parlaying that to be in the Nationals rotation and over thirty starts with him this past year. It was a five-five-five ERA, so that shows the difference between being sort of selectively used as a swingman and being entrenched in a rotation. But you know, I think Hauser's actually a better pitcher than Trevor Williams, honestly. Um, I think you could get that similar production, but maybe over some more innings. I don't know if this is a guy that you can pencil in for 30 starts, something he's never done in his career. Uh, but again, if you get 22 starts and he gives you 120 innings pitch and he gets that ERA in the low fours with everything else that you're going to have when it comes to pitching depth, he's sort of the best of that group now. That includes, again, McGill, Lucchese, Budo. That's depth. That's what you need. Now, with that said, am I looking at a rotation that has Severino and Hauser in the top four right now and thinking it's a playoff team? Absolutely not. That's why they are really still in a position where if they don't add Yoshinobu Yamamoto, it's hard to envision the Mets being a real contender this season. They need this guy because the alternative, unless they surprise us and they sign Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, I don't know where they go. If the, the the pivot from Yamamoto is Lucas Giolito, sure, the Mets can win. The Mets could put together a surprising season. Severino and Giolito, those are guys that you know could be better than you'd expect coming off last year. But that's so many ifs, ands, and buts. It's just not realistic. Hauser's a good ad, though. Like You can't poke a hole in this trade. I think he is better than what you would have found in that back-end market in in free agency you know like there's not a lot of options i would have loved much more than hauser like he on jin ryu on a one-year deal how much better is that than adrian hauser when ryu's in his you know late 30s coming off tommy john he did you know well down the stretch last year but there was just no guarantees with that i don't even know if the mets were interested in ryu this is again a, a, a trade for a couple of players that david stearns is obviously comfortable with they're doing the Brewers a solid, taking on some salaries. And again, the cost is something that you just can't really be upset about. To give up Coleman Crow, while you know it was a nice prospect to acquire in a trade for Eduardo Escobar, it was found money. He never, he never pitched in your organization. Again, you look at it like you traded the you know, back half of Eduardo Escobar's final year with you for a pitcher that can be in your rotation all year and a fourth outfielder. Now, the fourth outfielder side of it is a little bit interesting to me because if you told me in a vacuum who is going to be taking that role for the Mets next year, Tyrone Taylor or Michael A. Taylor, I would say Michael A. Taylor. I would. I think he would have really given you better starter upside, whereas with Tyrone Taylor, yes, he has some pop in his bat. His career slugging percentage is 451. That, that's good. And he's athletic. He does give you something in the outfield. He's not as good of a defender, though, as Michael A. Taylor. And he's not necessarily someone that I would want to be the starter for the Mets. And if you're looking at their outfield right now, there's still questions on Starling Marte, as I mentioned earlier. You just don't know what he's going to give you. Hey, maybe the Mets have more information than me. Well, they should have more information than me. Maybe Starling Marte looks great right now. And maybe he has, is going to get back to 80% of what he was in 2022, in which case that's going to make the outfield look a lot better. Um, DJ Stewart is a nice potential option. 
Not a lot of glove there, but a guy that has some power in his bat. Now you could maybe platoon him with Taylor. That might make a lot of sense for the Mets. I will look up the splits right now. Uh, last year, not really much of any any positive splits against left-handed pitching for Taylor. Let me pull up the career numbers now. A little bit better um, against lefties, but but not much. You know, not not like a drastic splits where he you know feasts against left-handed pitching. First career, his weighted runs created plus against lefties is 104 WRC plus measures hitters on a league average of 100. So a 104 WRC plus means he's just slightly better than league average against righties. It's 100, and the on-base percentage is within 10 points. The slung percentage with within five points. The average, it's 16 points better from uh, you know, facing southpaws. But again, n- not really a drastic difference. So he's just a, a solid fourth outfielder. Um, and it's a good good ad. I-, I just think that the Mets are still missing some upside, both in their rotation and in their starting lineup. At this point right now, you've basically come into this offseason. You've picked up Joey Wendell and Tyrone Taylor. And you lost Ronnie Mauricio to a torn ACL. The offense is worse than when they started the offseason. It just is. Uh, But if they were to sign Justin Turner to play that DH and possible third base role, also being able to play some first, take take Alonso off his feet a bit, and give you just a legitimate veteran bat that you would slot into the middle of the lineup somewhere, all right, I'm looking at what the team as a whole has come together as, and I think it's it's definitely better. Uh, but they're in a spot where a lot really is going to have to go right for the Mets to actually be a playoff team. The improvements are ones that are sort of below the surface. With all these bullpen ads that they're making, you just don't know if they actually will pan out or not. To look at Tyrone Taylor and say, oh, well, there's potential. Sure. I mean, you know, you, you're not going to look at a guy who's, 29 years old and think that he's going to suddenly break out in a massive way, but there's enough there with the power that he's shown with his ability on defense that you think, okay, well, maybe he can be solid, but it's not your starting left fielder. I don't think Hauser. It's a nice ad. I I really do like it. It, It's, it's quality innings. He's not going to change the fortunes of your season though. He's not drastically better than Tyler McGill, who he might now push out of the rotation if the Mets can get one more big on. So with all of it, I'm just left wondering what's next. But I'm happy the Mets did something, right? Uh, Because we've all just been waiting to see some big acquisition. And this is a a significant trade. And and it's a a one that I think you make 10 times out of 10 for what you gave up. Uh, It's a solid move. It's just the Mets have to do more. What more are they going to do? That's what we'll discuss in the final segment. Uh, For all of you watching on YouTube, please, I would love it to get some questions from you. So if you can fire away some comments, I'll go through those. And then we will uh, close the show answering those questions and talking about what comes next here uh, for your New York Mets. All right, so let's look at some questions here from the audience. We got one here. When do you think Yama will sign this week? 
I hope so. There's been conflicting reports. Andy Martino and SNY said that everyone is pushing to get some resolution by the end of the week. But then there was another report. Who was it? Bob Clappish? Can't remember who reported it. But there was another reporter out there that said it's not going to happen until before New Year. So hopefully this week, we just don't know. Uh, next question here. Why this team doesn't get real good players, I'll never know. Kind of a statement more than a question. Look, this is a nice ad. Okay, this is not something to be upset about. You got quality pitching here in Hauser. You got a, a solid fourth outfielder. They are in arbitration. They're not getting paid anything crazy. They fill needs. And right now, considering the amount of talent that's available in free agency, if you were to acquire these two players on the free agent market, you know, Michael A. Taylor, like I said, he might make north of $10 million. Uh, pitchers who are of Hauser's caliber are getting $13, 14000000 million. So if you were to sort of look at it based on market value and say that these two players might cost you in the open market $20 million altogether, I don't think that that's completely crazy. A lot of that going to Hauser, but you know, for Coleman Crow on, you know, a team that it doesn't matter to absorb a little over $7 million in salary anyway, it's a, it's a really nice trade. It, it is. I, I don't, I don't want it to seem like I'm completely underwhelmed by it. Why, by some of the other things I said on this show, I'm just overwhelmed or not overwhelmed, underwhelmed. I mean, by the off season as a whole, but I don't think it's anyone's fault. I'm not blaming David Stearns thinking that the Mets have been resting on their laurels. I think it's just the speed of the market in general that is slowing everybody down, including the Mets. And if you really look at what the Mets have done based on the market, how many players they've added you know, with all of the different relief options, with the Severino, with Wendell, with this trade, they have been more active than a lot of teams. And they have rounded out their roster in a lot of ways. They have filled a lot of needs. They just have not added a single player outside of maybe Severino that I really think I could say that is an impact guy. An interesting comment we got here too. They might stick him in a six-man rotation. Absolutely think that could be the case. Um, if you add Yoshinobu Yamamoto, there's a really good shot that Mets go to a six-man rotation. If it's just Senga, you can sort of you know use spot starts and, and work around off days and find a way to plot through a season just like they did last year. But if you have two guys that you maybe want to get extra rest to, it makes a lot of sense to go six, man. If you do that right now, let's just assume you get Yamamoto. It'd be Yamamoto, Senga, Quintana, uh, Severino, Hauser, and then McGill or Lucchese probably. That's not a bad six-man rotation. Um, I, I think if you are really committed to a six-man rotation, you might still want to shop around, whether it's, finding another Hauser-like arm in a trade or signing someone to you know, lengthen out that rotation a little bit further, but it's definitely a good start. Uh, we got another question here. One more of a statement as well. You look at what Lugo and Waka got, the more and more I like Seve's deal. I agree with that, without a doubt. Uh, you know, it's not that I don't think those two pitchers aren't better than Luis Severino. Um, because coming off the years that they had, they certainly were better free agents, but they got multiple years. Um, and honestly, more than those guys, seeing what Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn got, 
you know, seeing Tyler Malley get you know the two-year deal with the Rangers uh, coming off Tommy John for you know twenty-two million dollars, I believe, something like that. When they're not going to really see him pitch this year, there's a lot there that that you look at in the market where you're kind of scratching your head at how much guys are getting paid, and so then you circle back to the Severino deal. I think the Mets did fine on that. I really do. Uh, let's see. Here's another question. The hot stove is frozen shut. When is it going to heat up again? I really don't know, honestly. I don't know because every single free agent that has fallen, we think, okay, that's the guy that's holding up the market. So Otani, everything was supposed to fall after Otani did. And here we are again in a standstill. Everyone's now saying, okay, it's Yamamoto holding up the market. And I think that's true to a certain extent. I do think that could free up guys like Snell and Montgomery to sign in particular. I think Scott Boris, who represents both those guys, has clearly decided we're going to wait. We're going to let all these teams who are fawning over Yamamoto, we're going to let that situation resolve itself, and there's going to be more opening up for my top two clients. And I think for them, this is holding it up, but I don't understand why Yoshinobu Yamamoto would have anything to do with Teoscar Hernandez or Reese Hoskins or – uh, Cody Bellinger or the rest of the top of the position player market. I, I don't get how that's holding any of that up. So in that sense, I don't know what to expect for when this market starts to pick up. Typically by this point, a lot more should have happened. So we're all just sort of waiting. Um, but for now, I like it overall. Uh, looking through to make sure there's not any more questions. Um Another comment that's funny here. Hauser isn't going to be Carrasco bad, so that's already a plus. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Justin Justin Turner, another question mark. Uh, but no, yeah, Carrasco last year was awful. He's going to be better than that. This is, again, a, a solid ad. He, he's squarely better than Tyler McGill and Joey Lucchese. And so in that sense, you bump those guys down the pecking order. It, it's a good move. It's just a rotation that is still – looking for another impact arm near the top. And again, if it's not Yamamoto, then who? It's just that simple. They are still as Yamamoto or a bust as any team. And honestly, I don't want to spoil the next show. I was planning on talking about this for, uh, what day are we at? Thursday's edition of Locked On Mets. And I probably will still record something else later tonight about it. But I really do think that the Mets are the best landing spot for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I have a theory on it on why they can offer him not just money, but a level of stardom and a chance of impact that for his career would be the best landing spot, even better than the Dodgers and the Yankees. So with that said, stay tuned for that. That's going to be coming up as the next show. I appreciate all of you who tuned into the live stream, all of you who are watching it back later as well. Uh, I didn't tell anyone about the Locked On Mets Insiders. Uh, if you want to be part of that, you could find uh, the link in any episode description. I'll add it to this one in a minute. Uh, but that's our texting service where I send updates anytime something breaks on the Mets. Soon as this trade happened, the first place I went was the subtext to give the Locked On Mets Insiders my first take on it. I answer all questions over there, so I appreciate all of you who checked that out. Uh, subscribe for watching on YouTube, follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on XF Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Now that we've come to a close, if you want to jump over to another stream 
Check out Locked On Sports today. That this is the first ever 24-7 streaming channel. Everything going on in the sports world with our local experts on each team and our league-wide experts on each league. So you can check out Locked On Sports today, 24-7 on YouTube. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.